Blog Talk Radio. live, but if you're not listening to us live, well, don't worry. Never fear. After this, we drop our podcast, which is the show, for that matter. So, we don't really do any heavy-duty editing. Maybe <laughs> maybe we should sometimes, but we don't. My name is Tom Mark Lassell, Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. If you want to join us today, <clears throat> we got a great show on tap. That is providing that I can talk. Uh, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast joins us, and uh, we're going to be breaking down a couple things. It's NASCAR Championship Weekend out in Phoenix, and we're going to we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about that today. Uh, as you know, we have a big racing uh, conversation that around here on the balance. We follow racing from NASCAR to IndyCar to the Truck Series, what have you. So we're going to get into a little bit of that conversation. Uh, but uh, also, we're going to be talking some NBA, uh, some a homer court with the Pacers and across the NBA as well. And then we're going to be talking some college football as well with Tony Donahue. So we're going to be covering the gamut. Uh, Rick Riggins on his way, to, or he may be there by now, uh, to Notre Dame to watch Notre Dame and Navy. It'll be a good game today. So we'll get a couple of those games today. We're not going to be able to do our normal college football segment. But that's okay. We will move on. Uh, and then <clears throat> coming up uh, in the next segment is Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, and our official NASCAR contributor. We're going to be talking about the uh, truck win, the truck race, and, of course, the Xfinity race and Monsters uh, Energy Series this weekend, uh, championship weekend. And, heck, the shortest offseason in sports is in NASCAR. And then we're also going to be uh, talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. NSI.com is going to be joining us and our official NFL contributor going to be talking about the Chargers or the Bolts, if you will, going into uh, Philadelphia this weekend. Also going to be talking about that big win at home against our Indianapolis Colts. Also, we would be remiss if we did not talk about, well, you know who, Aaron Rodgers in uh, Green Bay and then bringing in Jolaton Love. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
o'clock, midnight, deep top jack in her cherry coat town. Mama and daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yell a dog stool bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by a barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, save me, blue jean baby. Won't... The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Welcome back to the balance. Time to kick things off. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, President Day, 917-889-8516. Make sure you have your Black Rifle Coffee. Man, I tell you what, if you're a coffee person like I am, or even if you're not, Black Rifle Coffee is the bomb, if you will. No pun intended. Uh, but the good thing about it is if you buy a bag, you get a bag. Well, you get a bag because you just bought a bag. Can we start over? You buy a bag, you give a bag. And, you know, they're, they're very big into uh, the first responders and troops. So my friend's uh, son is in the Navy, and on the ship that they're on, uh, all they serve, as far as coffee goes, is the Black Rifle product. So uh, definitely check them out, BlackRifleCoffee.com. Joining us now, though, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Tony, how are you, sir? Got your coffee? Hey, how are you doing? Fantastic, fantastic. Did you stay up late watching the Pacers last night? Yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, <laughs> I kind of went in the last night's game knowing that Portland is just a place the Pacers never win. Yeah, they did last year, but there was no fans. They're 11, they've got 11 wins in their last, what, 46 games out there. And, and I was like, all right, maybe they're going to finish this out. T.J. McConnell was playing well. Um, Sabonis is playing well. And then they let them go on that huge run to end the game, and it just ends up exactly like I thought it would with the Pacers lost. But team that's still got some growing pains. You know, Malcolm Brogdon was out. Um, Portland's not as good as what 
uh, they have been in the past. Damian Lillard is really off to a, a, a bad start, so to speak, uh, for his standards. So, um, yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, you could have got that road trip off to a good start, won your third straight game, and uh, they just let it slip away. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. It's it's not even Thanksgiving yet, but you would, it kind of looks like that <clears throat> the Pacers were just giving them an early Christmas present because they, they seem to have no interest in defending uh, the ball or the rim at all, and certainly when it came in, into the to the last part of the game. And, and, and as you said, they they almost pulled it off. So why the meltdown? I mean, why, let's just talk about the entire season before we get into some of these other other teams in these other games in the NBA. It seems like the Pacers have just been a shell of anything that they've, we've seen in at least in the last two years. Well, I, I think last night there was just too many open threes. I mean, that game got to become a shootout. I mean, even in the third quarter, it was like they were trading threes, but even the Pacers' looks were, were a bit contested. And when the Blazers were shooting from outside, it, it seemed like they were almost wide open every time. And you got guys like Anthony <laughs> Simons and C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell going to shoot threes. They're going to knock those down, especially Robert Covington. Robert Covington hit the dagger last night. So, um, you know, we're, we're what, about eight, nine, ten games into the season. They haven't been fully healthy. Karis Levert's missed some time. Malcolm Brogdon has missed a bunch of time. Um, T.J. Warren is still out, obviously. Uh, Chris Duarte has been a, been, a, been a great addition to this team as a rookie. Um, he's playing like a veteran. Getting getting used to Rick Carlisle's system, getting used to uh, some of the some of the different sets was another coach this year. Um, all growing pains. I'm not panicking quite yet, um, but at the end of the day, when you're on a court and you're an NBA player and you've got a lead late into a fourth quarter, I don't care if you're a good team or a bad team. You got to close that out. They simply didn't do that last night, and that's the difference. In in in, in you know they didn't, they didn't close out in Toronto last week. They didn't close out, um, you know. Uh, against other teams to start the season where they had a chance. You know, they, they've really only closed against the Heat in that overtime game. Um, you know, they, they they played well enough to blow out the Knicks and the Spurs earlier this week. Um, but, but, but these games, you don't think really matter too much. But when it comes down to that eighth, that seventh or eighth seed or being in that stupid play-in game for the playoffs, it's games like, like last night, you're going to look back on it and say, well, 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 damn, they had a, they had a big lead with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter and they blew it, they wouldn't be in the situation where they got to be in the playing game or the outside looking into the playoffs. So, um, you know, it, it's one thing to get blown out. You just don't have it. You go into Portland and you, and, and you lose. But, but, but to have the lead, to play as well as they did, to come back, uh, that 10-0 run at the end of the first half, and then have the lead late in the fourth quarter and blow it, um, you're just going to look back at nights like that and say, man, I hope that that's not the difference between being the eighth seed or the seventh seed, or the eighth seed, to the ninth seed in the playoffs. You're absolutely right. It's games like last night is is where they, they come back to haunt you later on in the playoffs. And, and thinking about coming back to haunt, we look at, at Carlisle, and this is his, uh, uh, well, second time around with the Pacers. Uh, certainly different players, but he had great success in Dallas. Uh, and and, he, and you know he left the Pacers, but then now he's back with the Pacers again. And um, ironically enough, under the, the the guidance of the president of the former, is the Pacers president the former president of of the Blazers, or am I thinking of the? Yeah, of yeah. The, and, and, and with with Rick Carlisle, it's simple as this. 
you know, he's on his second stint. You, you hope he keeps the locker room. He seems like a, he's a very sarcastic, but he's a very dry humored. He's going to tell you exactly how it is. And sometimes that could rub people the wrong way in the locker room. I'm not saying that's going on, but there were rumors when he left Dallas, like why did he not get along with Luca? You know, Luca's a superstar down there. If they weren't getting along, you're obviously going to keep the superstar over the coach. So um, you just hope that that locker room stays together. But, but I could see Rick Carlisle being a guy that gets on people's nerves and bugs people. And, 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 and if that starts happening because you're losing late games and the game plan isn't there and you're not executing, it's, it, it, it falls on the coach. You can't fire the players. You can try to trade them away, um, but you can fire the coach. So you just hope that he keeps that locker room. It's still very early in the season. Like you said, we're not even at Thanksgiving, but, um, you know, if, if, if things if, – if this is who they are, despite the fact that they've had injuries, if this is who they are, just a middle-of-the-road NBA team, that's not going to fly with the Simons. We're talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast, talking some NBA. You know, let's keep on, on the uh, the topic of the Trailblazers, if you will, the president of, of the of the Trailblazers. Neil Ostley uh, apparently cre- has created some sort of pos- toxic work environment with bullying, intimidation, investigations being open into Neil Ostley, the president of basketball operations. What do you know about that? I think that's what, I think you're talking about the Phoenix Suns, if not mistaken, um, and you the are. NBA's you're launch. You're absolutely right. And my coffee hasn't kicked launch. in yet. You're right. Yeah, you, um, <laughs> you know, there's an investigation going on. That's really all that's been mentioned, and uh, I guess we'll just see what comes of it. Yeah, we'll always see what comes of it. And I tell you what, my brain's fried. It's uh, the coffee hasn't kicked in yet, uh, Tony. I don't know. You know, it is what it is. Well, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about. You know, as we as we again, we're still early, but let's just take a, a look into a couple teams here. Uh, let's let's talk about the LA Lakers. The Lakers just also seem to be like a team that's mediocre. You know, we, we talk about be good, be 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 good, or be bad, or be bad. Uh, but the but the Lakers are, are just to me seem like they're not the LA Lakers that we're used to, especially with LeBron James. Yeah, it's almost like you have too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, you've got Russell Westbrook goes in there, and Russell Westbrook is, is used to being a superstar on every team that he plays on. He's used to having the ball in his hand, being the facilitator, being a guy that is is, is counted on the sky. You've got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, you know, they've struggled. They look, they've looked bad against teams like Phoenix. They lost at home to the, to the Thunder, I believe, on Thursday night. Um, you know, again, a team that needs to get its footing. Um, but as we know, with any LeBron James led team, those guys are going to rest. Those guys are going to skate their way into the playoffs, and then know that they can beat anybody that, that that's that's in their way. So the number one and the number two seed isn't really as important to LeBron James as it is being healthy, being rested, uh, and ready to go for the playoffs. So I think the Lakers will be just fine. Let's go. Let's talk about the Milwaukee. Obviously, uh, you know they're delivering the message uh, that they're the champions, and the title still goes through them. That message might be very, very true still yet today. Well, they're off to a to a rough start. I think they're four and six on the year, maybe four and seven. Giannis has been banged up a little bit. They've had some injuries. Um, they've, they've they've got some new pieces this year that um, still haven't quite gelled. Um, they're a team. Yeah, they they came in and beat the Pacers, and Giannis had a great night, but. Um, they've been struggling as of late. Uh, and again, early, early season struggles for a lot of these teams, but I think the Bucks will get it turned around. 
Um, they're going to have to deal with the Nets, which, um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what happens with Kyrie Irving and, and the whole COVID situation. Um, but for the Bucks right now, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a slow start, so we'll see if they can get it going. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Nets. It was kind of on my notes here to talk about. So we'll let you opened up the door for the Nets. Let's talk about that, Kylie Irving, and, and certainly how, that, how that's going to affect the Nets. And a lot of people have the Nets as, as, as going all the way this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Nets and you look at the Sixers, and, and, and it's the point guard situation. You know, Ben Simmons being fined $300,000 per game that he doesn't come in and play. Um, they haven't been able to find a trade partner for him, just knowing that, you know, he wasn't very clutch in the playoffs last year, and he's kind of been a, been a headache to that organization. It's the same with the Nets and Kyrie Irving. It's like, okay, if you're not going to play because of this whole COVID situation, you want to get vaccinated, well, then we shouldn't have to pay you despite the contract. You know, the contract states that you play basketball for the, for the Brooklyn Nets, and we pay you to play basketball, but you're not playing basketball because of a COVID situation. And, you know, this is the same Kyrie Irving. I think the, the, the world is flat, the things, you know, all these weird things. So um, the Nets will be fine without him. I mean, they, they've been playing pretty well. You know, you still got James Harden. You still got Kevin Durant, two of the most prolific scorers um, in the NBA right now. But I think when you take a look at a team like the Nets, it's like, okay, we don't need Kyrie as much as somebody like the Sixers may need Ben Simmons. But again, look at the Sixers. They're seven and two to start the season, and the Nets are six and three. So, you know, neither of them really, they're like, look, stay away if you want. We're doing just fine without you uh, as the Sixers are the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz. What are your, what are your thoughts about them making some noise out in the West? Well, well, the Jazz are doing what the Jazz do. You know, they're a, they're a good team. Donovan Mitchell, they've got shooters. And uh, Boyan Bogdanovic, who used to be here, Joe Ingles. Um, great start to the season for them. One of the, one of the toughest places to play in the NBA. But, but look at Seth and the Warriors. I mean, look at Seth and the Warriors out west. It's 7-1. They're blowing teams out. I mean, sh- the Pelicans are not a good team, right? And they outscored them 34 to 16, and I think 38 to 19 in the fourth quarter last night. They blew out the Hornets, um, the Warriors without Clay Thompson. Steph saying, "Look, we're back, baby, and we're a force to be reckoned with." We've got guys like Jordan Poole who are playing well. Draymond Green still doing his thing. So, very impressed so far with the Warriors' seven and one start. Atlanta Hawks, what say you? Yeah, you know Atlanta's one of those teams where. They they, they, they they kind of overachieved last year with Trey Young, and they're off to a slow start this year. Um, they've been in a couple tussles, four and five on the year. Um, Hawks will be in the playoffs. There's too many good players on the team like Clint Capella um, that will get them there. But but it's been a struggle, to say the least, for them. I think I think the, the, the two biggest surprises, or I guess the three biggest surprises in the Eastern Conference right now are the Bulls off to a hot start at 6-2. I believe they started 6-0. and Yep. Um, Lonzo Ball's been playing well. DeMar DeRozan, I think, went for 38 points. They've got a lot of good pieces. Um, and then you got the Wizards and the Cavaliers at 6-3 six and three and 6-4. Six and four. Now, the Wizards had that big trade that sent Russell Westbrook. They got guys like Kyle Kuzma out of it. They've got some young core that's learning together. Um, and you can't really ask for a better start out of the Wizards. And the Cavaliers, a team that people pick to be at the bottom of the cellar, they, they add Larry Markinen, who came over from the Chicago Bulls. You've got um, obviously, Colin Sexton. So, been very impressed with the six and four. You know, they go on the road last night, won a buzzer beater 
outscoring the Raptors by seven in the fourth to win up in Toronto. So I've um, been pretty impressed so far uh, by what the Cleveland Cavaliers have been able to do. What about the Denver Nuggets? Uh, Denver Nuggets are certainly a, a fun team to watch, and, and you, 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 you look at them on the roller coaster ride, but somehow they always find a way to put the pieces together. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a slow start for the Nuggets. Um, you know, Jokic is still a guy that is a triple-double watch and, and obviously was the MVP of the league. Um, you know, the Rockets are a team. So Denver takes on the Rockets tonight. That'll be a big win for them. Um, but but Denver has just got to take care of business, you know, on the road. They're 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 almost similar to the Pacers. You know, they they've lost two straight on the road. They had back to back games in Memphis. The Grizzlies are off to a pretty good start. Um, just got to get better on the road. Uh, and, and you can't lose to teams like Cleveland at home, even though Cleveland's off to a pretty good start. You need to have those wins. You can't be getting blown out. So Denver needs a little bit more consistency than what they've showed over the first eight games. Seeing anything out of the Miami Heat? Yeah, the Heat are a good team. I mean, when you've got Jimmy Butler, a guy that can score, and you've got shooters like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they're always going to be a threat to win. Um, they take on the Nuggets coming up on Monday night. But, yeah, 6-2 uh, and two so far. There's a great game today between the Jazz and the Heat. It's probably one of the better NBA games tonight, and we'll see what happens. But, but I, I'll tell you this, I'm excited about this NASCAR weekend. Oh, yeah, I was getting ready to that. So, man, you are the perfect segue of, of, of person. I didn't even send you my notes over. Uh, certainly, we're going to want to talk about some of that here in just a second. You know, we have a, a truck winner, you know, and he's from Louisville. So, just right down the road there, Ben Rhodes wins the NASCAR Truck Series. Did you get a chance to check that race out? I did, and, and even more entertaining than what the truck race was because trucks are always entertaining. And I'm so glad they're coming back to Lucas Oil Raceway next year here in Indianapolis. Um, the coolest thing last night was I don't know if you had a chance if you if you didn't go check it out. Uh, ben Rhodes in his post game or his post race news conference had had a few Bud Lights, and uh, he had a great um, a great description of how he won the race how, or how he finished third in the race to win the championship. So if you get a chance to check that out. Um, it's pretty hilarious uh, to hear what Ben Rhodes had to say after throwing back a few Bud Lights. <laughs> I'll check that out. We'll make sure that we get it on uh, social media. And I do want to get back to NASCAR here in just a, a second here. But, uh, you know, we've got a big game up in Notre Dame today. Uh, Notre Dame, Navy, always a big matchup. Uh, Rick was going to be on the show, but he's tied up up there. So what are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, I mean, look, if you're Notre Dame, it's, 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 it's a must win if you're going to find yourself in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, I think they will be. Um, I have them projected to take on Ole Miss in the Fiesta Bowl. So um, mark my words or write it down if you want. Uh, but yeah, I mean Navy's two and six. They're not very good. It'll be a it'll be a fast flowing game because Navy will run the football. Um, I, I definitely see Notre Dame winning out. You got to go to Virginia uh, in a couple weeks here. Um, or those should be all winners. Stanford got their doors blown off last night against the Utah Utes, 52-7. to seven. Uh, I mean, they were down so quick in that game. It was, man, I think it was like 38 to nothing by halftime. Stanford, not a very good team. Uh, Notre Dame wins out. That puts them in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, unfortunately, the loss of Cincinnati is going to keep them out of the conversation as far as uh, being in the college football playoff. But – It'll be a good year. You go to the Fiesta Bowl, you play a good team like Ole Miss, and we'll see what happens. So, yeah, it, it, it'll be a low-scoring game today, 
Uh, should be a beautiful day in South Bend. Give me the Irish 24 to 10. It'll be a great game uh, for sure. You know, speaking about bowls, and, and you know, put my homework hat back on here. I'm an IU guy, IU alum. I I, I love IU. I'm, that that said, that's that's self-evident. Uh, but when I see them just completely fall apart against Maryland uh, last week, and now they're no longer bowl eligible. So in in all intents and purposes, as far as conversation goes, unless you're an IU fan like myself, self, IU is no longer a point of conversation. More of the point of the conversation with IU is Tom Allen. Does Tom Allen stick it out, whether or not that he's forced to leave, or does he start to look at some other offers? And there's certainly some rumors about some coordinator positions that might be opening up in the NFL that he might be uh, moving up to the next level or moving to a team that he can, well, let's just face it, recruit recruit at. What what are your thoughts of Tom Allen in the future at Indiana University? Uh, I, I certainly don't think that he will go to the NFL. I don't think that that's probably going to be on the radar. Um, but I'll say this. Look, there is always so much hype around IU football. They go to a bowl game. They may be overachieved. Uh, to be a powerhouse in any college sport, you've got to continue to reload. And, and, when, and when people leave, you've got to be able to, you know, take that position, whether it's quarterback or running back, would be able to fill it immediately. And that's what Alabama does every year. That's what Ohio State does every year, Michigan, Michigan State, teams like that. Um, one bad bad year for Tom Allen. I still love him down here. He'll be back. Um, but if you, if, you kind of, if you kind of do the same thing where you're 3-8 and eight or 3-9 and nine next year, um, he'll be looking at uh, a definite hot seat when it comes to the football program at IU. Well, even if he's not on the hot seat this next year, and, and, you know, they welcome him with open arms, do you think another college football team will also welcome him with open arms? I mean, yeah, but you're not leaving IU because there's not, there's not going to be a better job, right? So it's you're not true. going to go from IU to a better program. Like, this is this is the peak right here for Tom Allen. This is, like, where he is he's at. Like, this is where it's at. This is his peak as far as probably a college football coach for the rest of his life. Um, so you're, so he's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. Um, it'll be IU making the decision to move on from him, and I don't think that comes until after next year. We're talking with Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast. A few more things here before we have to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. We are getting ready to merge into our racing segment, so this is a perfect time. But before we get into the NASCAR, you know, I saw some news this week that Chip Canassi plans a five-car Indy, five-car Indy, entry uh, this year uh, for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. What do you know about that? Yeah. um, So with Chip Ganassi, I mean, we know that he's sold his uh, NASCAR program. That should open up a little bit more money on the IndyCar side, but, but yeah, uh, he signed Tony Kanaan to a deal to run the ovals for Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy Johnson runs the road courses. Now Jimmy wants to run the Indianapolis 500. He tested out there last month, um, got through a, a couple phases of his rookie orientation program didn't I think he was four laps short and that was mostly to do with the rain and the weather um so yeah it'll be a six-car effort you'll have Scott Dixon uh, last year's pole winner and and the 08 500 champ you'll have Alex Plow last year's champion Marcus Erickson you'll have Tony Kanaan you'll have Jimmy Johnson um so it should be a uh, it should be a pretty exciting um five-car effort for um, Chip Ganassi Racing heading into the month of May at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is almost we're almost halfway to the 500. We're almost six months away. I think Thanksgiving is usually about the time we call it the halfway mark. Well, we're certainly excited. 
You know, it, it still baffles me that we call Jimmy Johnson a rookie. So we're down in Phoenix. Uh, it's championship weekend. I mean, a lot, a lot to talk about. I'll, I'll give you the, the mic here for a couple of minutes to break down uh, Xfinity and uh, Monster Energy Championship. Certainly, we, we beat Kyle Larson. Uh, it, we'll we'll take it. I mean, you know, it's we've been talking about it and what a comeback uh, uh, performance that'll be if that actually happens. We think that it will, but you know, you, you look at Truex, you look at others. So so walk us through Championship Weekend and who's going to be up on the stage being the 2021 champion. I've been asking you this every week now. Now is your time. You really have to to give me your official pick, uh, Tony. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. I'm going to go with A.J. Allmendinger for the Xfinity Series. He's a guy that's very well-liked. Um, he, he never thought that he'd be in a situation knowing that, you know, his cup career was kind of over. He was doing, he was doing um, I believe, Fox Sports. He was doing some broadcasting. And Colleague Motorsports came to him and said, hey, we want you to run our road courses and our super speedway packages. That's, that's our main focus. That's where we know we can win. And that kind of developed into a full-time gig alongside of Justin Haley as Haley's kind of bounced back and forth between Cup and Xfinity. So give me Almondinger to win the Xfinity Series uh, championship. It's going to be fun tomorrow. I think Denny Hamlin's probably going to do something a little bit too risky to knock him out or he's going to spin somebody. Um, so you got to watch out for that. But, um, you know, you, you, you've known this. I, I like Denny Hamlin. I really like Chase mm-hmm. Elliott. But I love Kyle Larson. I've always loved Kyle Larson. Great driver. Had the one messed up, as we know, with the racial slur. He's overcame that. He's learned. He's given back. He's donated his time. Um, and I think this is this is crazy to think that he wouldn't even be in a Hendrick car if he didn't say that racist slur. So maybe the worst day of his life has turned into maybe the greatest thing of his life because he would still be with Chip Ganassi, not competing for a championship just because those cars are a little bit, a little bit off compared to the Hendrick setup. So um, give me Kyle Larson to get it done tomorrow. Tony Donahue of the Tony T Podcast have been joining us and running the gamut with us today. I appreciate you. Uh, Tony, uh, any final words or wisdom? Where can people find your work and masterpieces? Yep, TonyDandy.com. Uh, we've got some racing updates as far as IndyCar-wise goes. And uh, did a podcast this week on where the Colts are, where the Pacers stand, and, and what both teams can do to kind of break out of this early season slump. Great. Check it out, Tony. Uh, Tony D podcast. We'll get it up on our social media. Tony, you have yourself a good weekend, sir. Tony Donahue, Tony D podcast joins us, help us run the gamut. Rick's on his way or is up the, in Notre Dame country, South Bend for the Notre Dame Navy game. Adam couldn't join us. He had a tree limb fall on his shed. So yeah, priorities, you know, my name is Tom Mark Patel, Presidente. Our priority now coming up is NASCAR championship weekend, baby. Stick around. Quick stop, midnight, deep top, jack, and or cherry coke. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. 
I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 414 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're one my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to the Palace. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Jumping on and running the gamut for us today. Uh, filling in for some other people. So, hey, we covered college football. We college it, covered NBA and a little bit of, of racing. But we are going to continue our racing conversation now with uh, Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, we have finally made it to championship weekend. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm leaning. <laughs> hey, let's let's get. Do you need some of my black rifle coffee here? Did you ever get any? Yeah, of that? yeah. No, if you can sense on this way, you know, two late night races like this, you know, back to back, you know, uh, you know, and then uh, turn around and do it all again on Sunday. Have you had a chance to try some of this black rifle coffee? 
No, I still have not tried any. Oh, you gotta check it out. You know what? I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you out. Some. We'll talk offline. I'll get you. I'll get you out a bag of. of, of yeah. Do you like coffee? Uh, I, I'm. I don't. I don't drink it every day. Um, I'm. I'm not like a coffee fiend. I'm. Uh, I, I'm poking monsters most of the time. But yeah, I, I will drink coffee. I don't drink coffee all the time. I'm not one of those guys, but I'm a poking a monster all the time. I love it. Hey, you know, you know, it's just the Monster Energy Series, that's for sure. But let's talk about the truck race. Exciting win. Certainly, we were just talking about it in the last segment with Tony Donahue. Uh, Louisville native, which Louisville's just right down the road from us. Ben Rhodes wins the NASCAR Truck Series uh, and uh, title for the Thor Sport Racing. Title for Thor Sport Racing. Very, very exciting. We're going to get this clip up, and we're not, I don't have it to play right now, but very, very exciting post-race interview uh, after he had downed a couple of Budweiser's, and we'll get that up on social media. First of all, did you hear that? And second of all, uh, let's talk about the truck series that ultimately led to the championship for Ben Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was starting to get about three sheets to the end by the time he walked into the media center last night. That's for sure. <laughs> I gotta find it. I'll have I'll have Melissa look it look it up. So let's talk about the the truck series overall. Some ups and downs, uh, but at the end of the at the end of the day, it was kind of in the in the wheelhouse of who we who we thought it was going to be. And then we'll get into the Xfinity Race Series as well. But uh, the truck, uh, just give us a recap of the 2021 truck uh, season. Uh, certainly some of the highlights. And then uh, let's talk about last night's race real quickly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let me just rewind real quick. Uh, if, sure. if you want to see the full interview, it's uh, it's on my YouTube page. So just go. Okay, we get it. it out. It's, it's, it's up. <laughs> um, but no, um, Ben Rhodes, uh, uh, you know, last night wasn't wasn't necessarily a night where, you, you know, we always say that whoever is going to win the championship really needs to be the contender and win the race. And, uh, you know, last night you just kind of showed that that wasn't necessarily true all of the time. And Ben Rhodes was never somebody, and, and really all of the championship four, uh, none of them really even were, were strong enough to go out there and fight with Sheldon Creed and Todd Gellerland and, some of the others that were up there, uh, Chandler Smith, that had been uh, fighting all night long for the for the lead and uh, uh, leading the race and eventually won the race. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it always seemed like they were in the top five. And, you know, especially in the case of uh, of uh, uh, Zane Smith and uh, Ben Rhodes, the two that really were in the hottest part of the competition for the, uh, for the win or for the championship last night. And, uh, I don't. I don't know if uh, you know if uh, if uh, Jim, uh, John Hunter Nemechek, who had issues very early on in the race, would have been made any difference or not, because it seemed like after he did get back on the lead lap after losing two laps to some t- to a tire issue, um, that his best effort was still marred back there outside of the top ten. So uh, you know, for for all of the championship four drivers, it just didn't look like any of them were strong enough to go out there and fight with really fight with Creator Chandler Smith or Todd Gilliland and some of the others that have been up there in, in in the lead or you know three and four wide up there, uh, which was pretty exciting to watch. You know. Uh, all these drivers up there, three and four wide, working traffic while all trying to fight for the lead. But yet you have the championship uh, drivers uh, that that just couldn't pull up on them, uh, you know, and just could not get to them. Even though 
traditionally we would see, you know, in a situation like that where uh, drivers would be able to pull up on the lead, uh, a lead race or the a race for the lead and stuff like that. But that was just not necessarily true with either Zane Smith or Ben Rose last night. But, uh, you know, for, for Zane, I know he's a, it, that was his last race, or we we don't really know what's going to happen. He was supposed to move over to Chip Ganassi Racing next year in a Cup Series car, but uh, you know, with Chip Ganassi Racing going uh, by the wayside and being sold, uh, he has nothing else in his back pocket to return back to. So, uh, you know, here here's a here's a driver that had uh, was right on the cusp, about seven eight laps away from winning a championship that didn't have anything or doesn't have anything for next year, and I know that he's a uh, you know, he may have finished second in the championship, and he did put a good run on throughout, you know, last night. It's just, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And uh, he, he's, uh, as of today, he still has nothing ready or nothing to go to next year. You know, you asked me offline who I picked. I picked name and check. You didn't tell me who you picked. So I know it'll be very easy for you to tell me, Rhodes. But going into the race just last night, the truck race before it started, when you asked me who my pick was, who was your pick? Who was you thinking? Oh, okay. Well, you know, those are two other drivers that really uh, very disappointing. You say disappointed, but when you cut, when you end up at the top of, of the best of the best in, in, in NASCAR truck series, yeah, it's disappointing that you didn't get the championship, but, you know, hey, you, you still can hold your head high for a great season. Uh, real quickly, what are your thoughts on Crafton and Namachek's end of their season? Yeah, I mean, it was just a, you know, like that's the, like kind of surprisingly to say that, that, you know, for Namachek himself, that, you know, with two laps down, uh, you have to give the team all the effort that they did to get back on the lead lap. But even that just wasn't enough to be able to go out there and, uh, and do anything. And uh, for Kraft, and uh, he, he showed a couple of bright spots, but it really just showed at the end of the day, uh, you know, he, he, again, he was just, you know, struggled to be able to keep up with those, uh, the other championship too. And, uh, for the, for those two, it, uh, yeah, it, it, well, I think, you know, for Nemechek, Nemechek is the driver that we really all kind of looked at and said, well, he's going to win the championship all year long. And, uh, he was winning and he beat his boss several on several occasions throughout the year. And he came into this as, a, as just a way to say, look, you know, I'll, I need to step down from the cup series and be able to, to go and compete for wins, and that's what he did, and he definitely was in the hunt for the championship all the way down to the end, but, you know, I think that cut tire uh, kind of really even showed that, you know, he just, you know, at the end of the day, he just, uh, I, I don't think he would have been able to keep up with uh, either Zane Smith or Ben Rhodes, and as for Crafton, uh, Crafton is, uh, you know, he's, he, uh, you know, it's been a long time that he's been out there trying to compete in this uh, this series out there, and for him to, uh, you know, have a bright spot uh, late enough in the season to be able to get into it um, and, and be able to bring it all the way down to Phoenix like he did, I think that is just a turnaround for him and the team uh, that he he's working with and towards sport. You know, all everybody in NASCAR is pros, or at least you like to think that they are. But Daniel Hemrick's uh, number 18 JGR car arrived late in Phoenix after the hauler breakdown. That, that creates a bottleneck of events. And, well, of course they're going to be able to recover. But um, how, how much of an effect do you think that's really going to play on Daniel Hemrick's weekend? 
I don't know if it's going to affect too much. I think, you know, it's some stressful points of view, and, you know, right there as you're, you know, inching closer up to, to expanding series practice and, and trying to get this car ready to go and uh, and get out there on the track and be, be out there with some of the others because you need to see where you are uh, kind of on the school, you know, on the on the timing board just along with everybody else, you know, with the qualifying and uh, practice back this weekend. And, you know, I'm sure he got a little stressful there and a little hair there in the last couple of minutes, you know, as he inch closer and closer. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this uh, JGR uh, Motorsports and, I mean, sorry, JGR, <laughs> too many acronyms, JGR uh, uh, was able to, you know, uh, do what JGR, I mean, they've got a, a full field of people down there uh, working on this car and working in this you know, working uh, you know, across their, their their company of cars that, you know, they, they made it work and they, they got it done and uh yeah, i am sure if uh, you know, if it was Hembrick and somebody and the crew chief and the others, you know, it was getting a little dicey there for a moment as they inch really, really close up to that uh Xfinity series practice. We're talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Uh, we're going into the Xfinity race tonight out in Phoenix. It's going to be a great race out there in the desert. Always exciting uh, to watch there. Let's talk a little bit about the Phoenix racetrack itself, its makeup, and what do teams, especially teams in the hunt for the championship, have to do uh, to be ready for the Phoenix track itself. Well, you know, Phoenix, Phoenix uh, has reconfigured itself, and uh, they've, they've moved the uh, their finish line from from its previous uh, position down to what what used to be turn two and a, a dog leg and for Phoenix uh, it, it, you're 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 a driver you're going to use every inch of racetrack even below that that line at the bottom and try and undercut that uh, dog leg that they have back there at the start finish line to try and creep up on somebody but you also have to be kind of careful, too, because the transitions on and off can also lose your positions really, really quickly. And, uh, you know, we, as we saw yesterday, I mean, just there, there's, uh, you know, no room for error when you're beating and banging around out there in, uh, in Phoenix because they don't run the inner liners inside of the tire. So if you cut a tire, you're going to pit road. You don't you don't have a choice but to go and, uh, you know, you're, you could potentially damage your day. So, you know, it's a risk versus reward and, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, for these drivers, they're all going to have to be smart, and tonight's a little bit longer than it was last night, and uh, we'll just, uh, you know, I, I think, I think again, we've got excellent series qualifying, cup series qualifying coming up a little later on today, and, you know, that's where the priorities really, really start, is at least with qualifying returning like that. Uh, because you know you just don't have the virtue of uh, starting one, two, three, four like you have in the in the previous uh, races as you've gone through. So you're really gonna have to put a time up on the board to make sure that you're able to compete and you're able to uh, be smart throughout the day and uh, throughout the night. And uh, you know as this race will transition from day to night like it did in the truck series, you get some handling issues. Uh, you know, as we saw, even Zane Smith, Zane Smith, um, in the truck series last night, as they started transitioning, they started getting handling issues and some tire chattering uh-huh. issues in the car, and they resulted in some handling problems, but then they uh, were able to fix that up and 
getting that in front of Big Rose last night, and that'll be kind of the same thing that'll happen tonight in these cars where they'll transition, and some cars that were good in the daylight are going to uh, suck in the nighttime, and they, you know, vice versa. And, you know, it's all about your team is going to have to be on the ball all night long, making changes and uh, doing what they need to do to make sure they should stay out there. Well, it's going to be a late night here on the East Coast. It's certainly going to be an exciting race to watch. Let's talk about who's there, who's not, and let's let's talk about a, a couple names that that we would like to maybe think we could have seen better out of, uh, but it, it doesn't look like uh, that we're going to see much of, of Jeb Burton or Matt Snyder or Harrison Burton, uh, but it does look like we could see some uh, some huge uh, thunder, if you will, uh, from Justin Allgaier. Uh, let's talk about him and, and his team and the Chevy team that as he comes into the race tonight trying to get a championship for 2021. Um, what's the 22? Well, you know, as far as, far as Justin, <coughs> excuse me, as far as Justin is concerned, uh, you know, that JGR team over there, jeez, uh, I swear I cannot get acronyms to that this morning. This junior motorsports. Good Joe, Lord, I'm, welcome to the I'm gonna crowd, give buddy. up on that. I'm gonna give up on that. Say that team with the letters. <laughs> yeah, that that team with the letters out there, the three letters. They, you know, some team. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. <laughs> that thing. That thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, junior motorsports and just uh, just an auger. You know they. They've had a rough, rough start to the season, and you know they, they again were were a team that early on in the season, and as we went through the spring and summer and things like that, you know it, it took them a while to get their stride, and really, you know, we we even saw that out of their, their teammate too, uh, on that you know in the hunt for this thing. Uh, you know, it wasn't until later in the year, later in the summer, as we started to peer a little bit closer into the six minute series uh, playoffs that uh, they finally go to victory lane. And you know, for for Justin Algar, it's a, you know, he's he's always he's a really nice guy, and I mean, I think he's had just a lot of bad luck, and, and you know, he's had an up and down roller coaster of a career, you know, bouncing back and forth from Xfinity to Cup and back back to Xfinity again. And, and it's not for a lack of trying with uh, Justin Allgaier because I believe he gives 110 percent to this thing, and, and you know it seems like just sometimes they're just not even put the full package together, or they're just uh, you know have a bad day or get wrecked out or whatever the case may be. But it's just you know they they've done an impeccable job of you know overcoming a lot of this stuff, and I think for Justin Allgaier that you know that team just you know, continues to plug away through all the adversity, through all the uh, ups and downs of the roller coaster that, that is his uh, season. Are you still with us, Steve? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you there for a second. It was like a, like a, like a drop-off. So, you know, here's the thing. I do want to get your official pick because we want to get moving on uh, to it. But, but real quickly, when we look at 2022, who's going to be our guy we're looking at? And in, in, in my eyes, in 2022, the drivers that we're looking at is Ryan Seek and Ty Gibbs. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts about that? Who are we looking at? And then we're going to get your pick and move on to the Monster Energy Series, sir. 
Oh, uh, you know, if just don't, I'm sorry, if uh, A.J. Albandaren comes back, we have to definitely look at him. Uh, you know, we know that Harrison Burton is going to move on. Austin Seneca is going to move on. So there's going to be two big names in this series that will not be with us in the Xfinity Series next year. Uh, so, you know, it'll give an opportunity to some of these other drivers that are up and coming or, you know, have been around for a while. Um, you know, as you, as you talk about Ryan Sieg, you know, that team is, uh, you know, putting a, a, an additional effort in. They're also trying to work a little bit more with Tony Stewart Haas Racing uh, for, you know, cars and things like that. So, you know, hopefully that would, you know, give them some better support in that and for support in that. And then for Ty Gibbs, he's coming back in the Xfinity Series full-time. And, uh, he, you know, I, I, he's, he's, he's going he's gonna to be tough. I mean, we've seen that he's been able to compete uh, even in some equipment that hasn't, you know, necessarily been the best of the best. And uh, uh, also, uh, you know, Justin Haley, Justin Haley's, uh, you know, calling racing as a whole, as an organization is, is going to continue to be tough. And then you have uh, Austin Hill, who has uh, been with a Tory Racing in the Truck Series. He's going to move over into Richard Childress Racing and uh, for their extended series program. So, again, I think there's a lot of names that are going to be moving around or be to stay put in the series that we'll be talking about next year. And we, by the way, we do, we just shared from your YouTube ch- channel to our Twitter, the Ben Rose press conference. So go check that out uh, when you can. Uh, so let's go ahead and get our picks uh, for the Xfinity series. Cause we got to get on to the uh, monster energy NASCAR cup series, the championship of them all, the granddaddy. We're well, not granddaddy, but I don't know. See, I can't even – you can't find acronyms, I can't find adjectives. You know, it's just – we're going to ban adjectives and acronyms uh, from the show. Who's your official pick, uh, Steve, for Xfinity Championship? Look, I, I, you know, I really, you know, I've been impressed with A.J. Allmendinger all season long, but uh, I know he finished fifth in spring, and, uh, you know, I, I am looking at uh, Austin Sender going to go back-to-back uh, in this thing. So my official pick for the X-Men series is going to be Austin Sender. And we're going to go ahead and make sure we got an official. Tony Donahue's uh, pick was, and you may have heard it uh, as he was going off on his side there, uh, but Almondinger is, uh, A.J. Almondinger is uh, uh, Tony Donahue's official pick. My official pick, unfortunately, I've been liking it. And, I, and, I, and you know, people say, oh, you're just going chalk. Really not going chalk because, as you know, I've been talking about this kid for a while as a protege of, of Dale Jr. I like him. I, I, I think that he did a great job. And, and Dale Jr., I mean, in a lot of ways, is is better out of the car than he is in the car. We're his broadcasting and the business and developing young drivers. I'm going with Noah Gregson as my pick, official pick for the 2021 uh, Xfinity Series, and we'll get Melissa's up as, as well. So the whole team has their picks for the Xfinity Series. Let's go on to uh, uh, the Monster Energy Series championship coming out of Martinsville. Heated, heated, heated. Danny Hamlin, has he calmed down? If not, he must calm down before he gets in the race car uh, tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, there's, you know, we've, we've had a lot of uh, competition, a lot of controversy all season long in the X, I mean, sorry, the Cup Series. And, and, you know, uh, um, Chase Elliott, Denny Hammond, Kevin Harvick, all these guys have been a part of it at some point. 
um, you know, I, I, I think as you know, uh, as he said, you know, um, you know, let's effing bring it or whatever he said on Twitter, you know, following that race, uh, going in as talking about Phoenix this weekend. So uh, I don't think he's necessarily calmed down. I think he's just even more pumped up to get this thing going. All right, let's get into some of the drivers. And, and you know, here, here's the thing. It, 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 you know, we're going to talk about uh, Kyle. We're always going to be talking about Kyle. I want to talk about uh, some of these other drivers because Kyle Larson is a story in itself. But if if you want to talk about Kyle, that's fine. A great comeback story is, and if he wins it, I mean, certainly a, a great redemption on his part and a redemption on NASCAR's part and across the board. Great feel-good story. Uh, but, you know, again, I want to go back to Denny Hamlin. Denny has been one of these guys that – that it's just like he, he's been there, done that, been there, done that, and he's had these ups and downs, and then he had this issue last week. It's last week, and I, and I jokingly said that he needs to calm down. But in all seriousness, is last week going to play any part in him winning the championship or not winning the championship uh, this weekend? Uh, you know, I, I I wish you know I wish I had kind of this crystal ball to kind of you know see see where you know where it is all going to play out. But we've seen the same kind of ordeal happen in Homestead too prior to you know when they moved this race from Homestead to Phoenix. And I, I think Denny is going to come in there you know just a hundred percent you know jacked up on the fact that he's uh, in the championship race once again. And he's fallen short multiple, multiple times before. Really, I think, um, you know, Denny Hamlin, maybe Denny Hamlin is another guy that at the end of the day or end of his career, we talk about Denny Hamlin, who was a guy that was able to go out there and win the Daytona 500 multiple times. He was able to do all of these things, but just never win a championship. And we talk about him in the same light as we talk about uh, Mark Martin these days, just one of the greatest drivers to, to race in a race car, but just never win a championship. And maybe that's his destiny in, in this uh, uh, um, series, but, I, you know, maybe tomorrow change it all. Uh, but, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that he's calm. I don't think he's calmed down coming into this. I just think that he's just even more, you know, for all, you know, for all the booze that he got in his home state of Virginia last week. I think this just, you know, just, you know, solidifies his, uh, you know, resolve to 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 go out there and prove a lot of people wrong and and just, you know, win the championship. Let's uh, let's talk about a little bit about Martin Truex Jr. Been there, done that, and uh, he's at the cusp. I, you know, I I, I still, you know think that he has some, some juice left in the tank, no pun intended. Mark Trix Jr., what do you say about him uh, going into tomorrow? Well, yeah, he did it for he did it for an offshoot team of uh, Joe Gibbs Racing when, uh, you know, Frazier Rowe was part of the sport. And, you know, a lot of people didn't kind of see that, uh, you know, Frazier Racing as as a team that, you know, was still was 2,000 miles away from the rest of the contingent and the rest of the industry uh, in Colorado. But they were able to pull out a championship, and then they closed down, and Martin Truex Jr. moved into this number 19 car. Uh, you know, he, he's, you know, I... I you know, I I I see, uh, you know, some of the sparks of brilliance that he had at, at Furniture Row, but I also see some of the things that you know Furniture Row was able to do a whole lot better in some of these tracks that uh, uh, Martin Truex Jr. was uh, winning on quite uh, regularly at, at Furniture Row that he's not doing at, at currently at 
at, at Joe Gibbs Racing. So, uh, you know, for him, I know that uh, he did win this race back in the spring. So, you know, if he if he can back this thing up with another win tomorrow, then obviously he's going to win the championship. But also at the same time, you know, does you know does does he you know is he able to you know match some of these things that he was doing at Furniture Row Racing, where we would always talk about the fact that he would go to certain styles of racetracks, and we knew that he was an odds-on favorite to win. But we just don't say that about him as much anymore that he's moved over to a full-fledged Joe Gibbs racing car. We're talking with Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest. And, Steve, uh, this is uh, this is it for us until uh, we go back into racing again in February. So always appreciate you have, having you on. So we're going to go ahead and let you give us your pick uh, for the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Ah. Uh, hmm. Look, you know, Kyle Larson has had this uh, incredible run all season long. He's won nine times out there, and he's he, everybody knows the story of his comeback from last year. Uh, I did kind of catch the tail end of your previous uh, segment and the fact that, you know, if he hadn't have said what he said, would he be in this car? And I have to agree with that. So, you know, I have to think that, you know, for all the bad that happened, there was so much more good that came out of it. And for Kyle Larson, I think, you know, for him, I, I would like to see him win the championship. Uh, he di- he did finish fifth, unfortunately, in the spring, and that's just not going to be good enough coming. Uh, I think coming in tomorrow. But you know, with uh, with all hopes and all the 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 highs that has uh, rode uh, uh, Kyle Larson to this point in the season, I'm I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take uh, off uh, Kyle Larson as the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. I am too. I'm gonna go straight chalk on that one. That's a feel-good story, and and, and I, I we don't we need a fairy tale ending here, uh, you know. So I'm going with Kyle Larson as well. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. We haven't quite got Tony's pick yet, but as soon as we get it, we're gonna get it all put together on social media. Everybody's picks on the team. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. Steve, another year we've. Uh, did racing. It's always great to have you along and certainly uh, consider you a great friend and a great friend of the show. Uh, we appreciate you. I want you to know that. And uh, we look forward to you next year. And uh, if, of course, if anything breaking happens or whatever, we know where, where we can find you at. Any big plans for the off season? Um, no, not right now. Uh, but thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on all season long. And uh, you've been a good friend all season long. We've had a lot of chats, you know, both on here and offline. And, uh, you know, we'll continue this in the off season. Look forward to seeing you and talking to you in February. Look forward to it. Thank you, Steve. Have a good weekend. Thanks, my friend. Talk to you later. Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, he's been a part of this show for so many years. Uh, And, you know, every year it's like, oh, man. But you know what, guys? This is it. We're going to be done uh, talking about uh, (laughs) NASCAR and IndyCar. And, you know, but, hey, we're coming back. And we're coming back. Well, the show will always be around. We're coming back in February uh, to to talk more about – What's going on? We'll probably we'll throw we'll sprinkle a little stuff in here and there. Coming up though, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We're going to be breaking down what's going on in the NFL this week. Stick around; it's still getting good.
I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse and the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your horse. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Nah, can't nobody tell me National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente, 917-889-8516. Make sure you got yourself some Black Rifle coffee. Man, it's good coffee. I'm drinking drinking the the Freedom Fuel. I've been on that for a while, but it's great. But the good thing about it is when you buy a bag, you give a bag. And, and, you know, the first responders and the troops and my my friend's uh, sons in the Navy and on the ship, that's all they serve is Black Rifle coffee. Check them out, blackriflecoffee.com. 
Thank you to uh, uh, Tony Donahue uh, from the Tony D Podcast running the gamut for us. Uh, Rick Riggin is up in uh, South Bend for the Notre Dame Navy game. And Adam was all scheduled to come on. And then he had a tree lamp fall on his shed, just missed his house. We've got to take care of that. I understand that that being a priority. It's championship weekend in NASCAR. And, and we say goodbye to NASCAR for uh, 2021, and we go into the offseason as far as racing. So, you know, what we introduced earlier today is we're going to be bringing back our NBA segment, and Tony Donahue will be helping us out with that, with being our NBA uh, contributor there as well. So the season moves on, uh, and I think we got everybody across the board on the team is said uh, for uh, the NASCAR championship Tomorrow, I mean, Sunday will be Kyle Larson. Uh, we haven't got Melissa's pick yet, uh, but, it, it, you know, still a good story. And check it out online, too much to go into, but certainly what a comeback he has. Made a racist comment, got suspended from the uh, uh, NASCAR, as he well should have. What Did some sensitivity training. I did everything right that they laid out for him to come back, and it really looked like he wasn't going to come back. He was able to come back this year for the first time and to come back to get a championship would be a great story. But speaking of great stories, Ed Kratz, beat writer of the Philadelphia Eagles and SA.com, joins us now. Sir, how is you? I, I, yeah, I is fine, Tom. How is you? <laughs> I was good. I was good. Uh, so, you know, right. oftentimes we talk about teams on Thursday night, you know, and then we move into it. But we're going to talk about a team on Thursday night. It's a team called the Indianapolis Coats. Yeah, okay. It was just the Jets. Who am I, who am I fooling? But what a game Carson Wentz had. I mean, I, I think I I could just feel fantasy football uh, Carson Wentz being picked up all across the <laughs> Kidding there. Uh, but, man, what a but, – but at the same time, it, you know, I, I hate to be awful cr- critical because I, everybody knows I love the Colts and I love that win. But at the same time, they allowed the Jets to, to get away with 30-some-odd points. I, good, good, good game. Uh, but certainly there's a lot of work to, to be done as well. What are your takeaways from Thursday night, the Colts and the Jets? Well, yeah, we'll start with Carson Wentz. Obviously, you know, he played a terrific game. It was a good bounce-back game for him after what happened, uh, you know, how poorly he played against the Titans and giving away that game a week earlier, division game. You come back against a, a Jets team that, you know, not the greatest team in the world, but a couple good wins on their resume and, Again, I've talked about this with Wentz before, is you can't let him throw the ball too much. You need to balance the run and the pass. And the, and Frank did another great job with that. I mean, Wentz only threw the ball 30 times. That's his wheelhouse. That's that's where he wins games. If you rely on him to win a game for you and he has to go over 40 passes, it, it, he can't do it. He, his, mm-hmm. his history has shown that he struggles in games where he has to carry the team with 40, 45 passes a game. So, you look at that run balance, it doesn't get any better. 30 runs, 30, and then you mentioned the defense. Yeah, you know, it's 28-10 at halftime, uh, an inferior opponent. You know, I wouldn't read that much into the defense, uh, giving up 30 points to a Jets team who hadn't scored 30 points in, you know, a year year plus. So, uh, you know, it, when a game gets away from a team like it does, you know, you, you kind of lose some of that edge. So I wouldn't be too overly concerned about the defense. But a uh, nice win from the Colts. Now you – now you face, you know, you go into the division next week. You should win that game, I think, against the Jaguars. Uh, and then it gets a little tougher. Then you have a couple tough teams there uh, that you play in back-to-back weeks before you go back into the division and play another bad team in that division, the Texans. So, you know, the Colts are going to be in this thing right to the very end. And, 
here in Philadelphia, that's good news because, you know, they're getting the number one draft pick from the Colts this year and, and that trade for Carson Wentz. Now the flip side is maybe the Colts have their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz certainly looks the part. Um, but man, Jonathan Taylor is just going to be, oh, you know, he's a top. Yes, he is. I loved him at Wisconsin. I'm glad that he's made that transition successfully into the NFL. And then Michael Pittman, you know, he's really coming mm-hmm. on and, and, and him and Wentz are showing some good chemistry. So, as excited as fans are in Philly that they got the pit number one, or they're going to get the number one pick from the Colts, it appears the Colts may have, you know, gotten themselves a, tr- a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. You know, and, and who would have thought we would actually be having that conversation? And, and you know, I, all fun and games in, in, in on the show. I always make jokes, but certainly I made a joke about Derrick Henry getting hurt in the game against the Colts. Didn't think it was actually going to become a reality, but now it's a reality. Can we just, you know, keep him off the field a little bit longer till we win the division. I, I mean, how big of an impact is Derrick Henry, uh, the, the so-called king, as they call him, uh, not being uh, with the Tennessee Titans? I know they, they did some moves on the, on the waiver wires this past week, but how big of an impact? Well, of course, it's an impact, but do you think it's a fatal impact to the Tennessee Titans to not have Derrick Henry on, on the field? Well, Tom, I know you have a voodoo doll, Derrick Henry, somewhere <laughs> in your house, and you're probably sticking pins in that foot, right? Uh, <laughs> but it's not so, but you would think so after, after last week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a big – I mean, I think – I don't think there's another player in the NFL who meant more to his team than Derrick Henry. I mean, I'm sure there are if you, if you sit down and think about it, but, I mean, that's how big of an impact it is. Derrick Henry is the Tennessee Titans. That guy carries the – you know, carries the ball, and – you know, they're bringing in Adrian Peterson, who, you know, was kind of, I don't know what he was doing for the last three months while he looked for a job. But, you know, he's 36 years old, great player, probably, you know, a Hall of Fame player, first ballot, definitely a Hall of Famer, might be the first ballot. But, uh, you know, AP, fantastic running back in his prime. But, you know, I don't know what he has left. I don't know what he's going to do to help this team. They're going to miss Henry. There's no doubt. I mean, Peterson's a pro veteran, but he's not Derrick Henry, man. I'll tell you that. That's a big loss. Heck yeah, it is. Well, in our in our title, if you will, we said we'd go from Colts to Bolts, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, the Chargers come into Lincoln Financial Field to take on uh, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is my fantasy, one of my fantasy quarterbacks, so I need him to do well. Uh, but you know, when you speak of when you when you speak of uh, quarterbacks, well, the Chargers have their their own quarterback as as well uh and jason herbert and i don't know why i had a brain fart it must be the, it must be the coffee just going into my brain too fast just, just herbert, uh, jason herbert well, you, anyway i guess the eagles well, I, well you got it you got it half right tom it's justin herbert but you know we got you hey man at least i'm, I'm, I'm there already i, I appreciate it you've been out uh, <laughs> to the lincoln and nova Healthcare center this week and 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 following the team getting ready uh for the chargers chargers certainly uh, a good team within their own and i just call them the chargers i don't even say san diego or los angeles i just say the chargers <laughs> so the chargers and the eagles uh, yeah give us give us your playbook sir yeah, you know, that's that's still an easy mistake to make. In fact, when I was in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago and the Eagles were playing the, the Raiders, I, I wrote in my story the Oakland Raiders 
And I'm sitting there in Las Vegas, and I wrote up, and I'm glad I went back and caught it. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. So, you know, obviously still, you know, those, those things die hard, those, those habits. But, um, yeah, you know, I, listen, the Chargers have lost two in a row. Um, they stink against the run. Uh, dead last in the run defense. They give up over five yards of carry for running backs. The Eagles are averaging over five yards whenever they run the ball. And they certainly did it a lot against the Lions. They ran it 46 times. They only threw 16 passes. Jalen Hurts threw 14 of them before, you know, taking a seat in that blowout in Detroit last week. So uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to run the ball 46 times. But you know, they're going to try to run the ball. The problem is the Chargers can score points. And, you know, to me, Nick Sirianni sometimes looks like he gets out of his game planning a little too soon. You know, if it's 14-3 Chargers in the second quarter, you know, I, I think Nick's going to try to throw the ball. And, listen, I, I think he should still try to run it. I mean, that that's the key to beating this team um, is to run the football. They, they can't stop anybody on the ground, and that that's a big big uh you know red flag right there obviously but i love justin herbert uh you know they've struggled these last two games they they were four and one now they're four and three they're going in the wrong direction now they have to come east but i still like herbert the eagles pass defense is pretty good top 10 but they've given up four games this year they've had four quarterbacks this year complete 80 percent of their throws against them Dak prescott tom brady patrick mahomes and Derek carr and, you know, Justin Herbert has the ability to kind of be the, the fifth guy to do it. And uh, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. I think the Chargers will win this game, uh, you know, at 20, you know, something like 27 to 24, 23, something like that. But uh, I, I just think that the Chargers can score. And if the Eagles fall behind, even if it's by a touchdown or 10 points, that kind of gets Sirianni out of his game plan. Now, maybe he learned something last week about the offense and running the ball, and he does stay with it. But, I'm not confident in that. I think the Chargers find a way to get get back in the win column here and, and beat the Eagles. You know, I like to say the Eagles and, and the uh, the Colts are a lot alike. In in, in in this year's season, there's no difference in that. And, I mean, I, I, I struggle when I can't find the right words to write, ask the right question. But do you think that you have – something to worry about with the Eagles and within the Eagles organization that needs to be addressed moving forward into 2022? Well, I mean, it starts at the quarterback position. That needs to be addressed. I mean, how are they evaluating Jalen Hurts? I mean, um, you know, to me, I haven't seen a whole a lot of improvement in his game from week one to now. I got asked that question the other day, and have I seen improvement? And I, I really can't identify any areas where I've seen improvement. You know, you'd like to see him stay in the pocket a little bit longer he seems because he has that running back skill set he seems to flee the pocket more maybe than he should I don't see him stepping up into the pocket when the pressure comes and keeping his eyes downfield as much he likes to get out of the pocket and he does keep his eyes downfield but I'd like to see him do that more within the pocket and stay in the pocket I mean your offensive line you know, it's been banged up a little. You'll, you know, Lane Johnson missed three games with mental health issues, and now he's back. But you lost Isaac Ciamalu, and uh, you know, but for the most part, you know, and Brandon Brooks, of course, is out now. But for the most part, it's been healthy, it's been solid, and uh, you know, Hertz just doesn't seem to have the faith in, or the confidence that uh, in that line he looks to get out of the pocket. So I think that's the number one issue, Tom. Is you got to find a quarterback. And I pointed out a game on Twitter today for Eagles fans to watch. It's that Liberty. Uh, Mississippi game. You got two quarterbacks in that game at noon, Malik Willis and Matt Coral, who probably will be first round draft picks. And, you know, maybe the Eagles go that direction with 
You know, they're going to probably have three first-round picks next year, at least two. They have Miami's pick, uh, you know, and the Dolphins are sitting at one and seven. So that could be a top-five pick for the Eagles if they decide to go quarterback. But I think you need to address that. You need to evaluate Hurts, what you've seen from him this year. And I don't know what tangible stat- statistics or anything tangible Howie Roseman and his staff are looking at with him. But yeah, that's where you have to start is with the quarterback. You need to find yourself a quarterback you're comfortable with and, and then, you know, answer some other questions that are on that list. But it starts at the top with the quarterback. Now, you mentioned Liberty. Uh, Adam is our, our college football guy with Rick and usually runs that with us. But Rick is up in Notre Dame for the Navy game. Uh, you know, he has such bad luck. He, his luck just never – no, I'm just kidding. And, and then uh, Adam was scheduled to be on, but uh, he had a tree limb fall out of the tree, just missed his house and hit his shed. And – you know, he has to get that cleaned wow. up because he's got a little youngin out there, so he couldn't be on. But he's a Liberty grad, and he was all prepared to talk about huh. the Liberty quarterback that you're talking about. I'm going to throw another name out there for you just because I haven't had a chance to mention his name this week, and you'll get it as soon as I say it, Carson Strong. I knew it. I knew it was coming <laughs> from that, uh, fa- that Phantom football team up there in Reno, Nevada. That's uh, right. <laughs> I, I still do. haven't seen him play. I don't even know oh, who they're playing today, but yeah, I, you know, or Saturday. I, listen, I don't know if Carson Strong. Maybe he's good. I don't know. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a single play from him. But gosh, I got, <laughs> I got to get on board good. that train, man. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got to hop on that train. Good. I'll see him at the combine, hopefully, and in, in March. I already booked my trip to come on out. Yeah, I hope so. We're gonna have dinner and beers, and we're gonna do it upright. All right, speaking of the Raiders, you were just there. Uh, The Raiders and the Giants, uh, the Raiders are on the road against the Giants. It's a moderately impressive New York Giants, certainly what we've seen here recently. Uh, But what are your thoughts about Raiders? Because they're number one, and when you're number one, everything goes through you. Man, what a tough uh, tragedy there in Vegas this week. You know, you wonder how, you know, they're dealing with that emotionally. And, you know, obviously I'm talking about, you know, Henry Ruggs killing a 23-year-old girl and a dog because he yeah, somehow that. got yeah. behind the wheel allegedly, yeah, drove 156 miles an hour with a twice the legal level of alcohol in his system. Uh, 22-year-old looking at some real, you know, I think he's looking at jail time. The, the Raiders wasted little time in, in cutting him less than 12 hours after the incident. They, they cut right. him loose, but you, you just wonder how, how they're going to deal with that situation emotionally. I know Derek Carr talked about it this week. Uh, it was very good and what he said about loving Henry Ruggs. And I, and I agree with that. You know, he's a 22-year-old kid who, who made just a horrible, horrible mistake that he's going to have to live with the rest of his life. But um, you just wonder how it's going to impact the Raiders. And, but other than that, you know, I mean, this interim coach, they've already been through the emotional ringer with losing their head coach, John Gruden, and now – you know, this Rich Passaccia has stepped in, and I, I think they're 2-0 and since he took over. Um, you know, they're coming uh, east, and, you know, we'll have to see how they adjust to that. But, yeah, the Giants have done some nice things, but they, they're still 2-6. and six. They're not very good. I just saw a stat today where I think they've given up 42 points. I think they're being outscored 42 to nothing in the final two minutes of the first half and of the game. So that that's not that's not good, obviously. So, I, you know, I'm not sold that the Giants can win this game, but, uh, you know, I think they're in the conversation to win this game because you don't know what that emotional toll is going to be on this team. And, um, you know, this is a big test for Rich, Rich Passacci, the new head coach, uh, you know, to, to maybe put a stamp on a team and go 3-0 and and maybe 
put himself in the mix to be the head coach. You know, right now he's the interim head coach. And I've heard a lot of talk about Doug Peterson possibly being the next head coach in, in Vegas because of the connection with the general manager, Mike Mayock, who's a Philly guy, grew up in Philadelphia area, uh, knows Doug Peterson very well. So it's a natural connection. But, you know, Rich Passaccia could have something to say about that. I, You know, it's hard to say who's going to win this game. But, uh, you know, the Raiders, I think, are the better team. It's just how are they going to put this this tragedy of earlier in the week behind them? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I had that here in the notes, and I thought, well, we'll see how, where the conversation goes. But you're you're absolutely right. The Raiders did good about cutting him, and and you know it, it's unfortunate. You know, DUIs are just one of the most unpreventable, especially in today's world, especially in today's NFL world. Totally, totally preventable. Because I believe a few yeah. years back, if I'm not mistaken on this, the NFL says. Hey, we will pay for a car service if you need a ride. Yeah. Well, just all you got to do is That's call right. somebody. You know, so it's, yeah. it's every totally team has that. Every team has that in place. Every team has that service in place. There's no need for any NFL player to get behind the wheel of a car uh, in that situation. And you know, he didn't take advantage of that. It's a shame. You know, it's, it impacted yeah. so many lives. It's just a sad thing all around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, a huge, huge news come out of Broncos uh, territory, and I know you and, you and I talked about it, and, you know, Von Miller going out to uh, uh, the Rams. The Rams giving up some uh, pretty good draft picks. Again, the Rams don't really care much about the, the draft too much. They they are seem to be doing something right to make it work for them and, and Matthew Stafford as well. Uh, but the Broncos get rid of Von Miller in a big exchange for a second and third round pick in the 2022 draft. Uh, you, you know, do, do you think that? Uh, I mean, this is just just a thought. You hate to use this word, but do you think the Broncos are? mailing it in for the 2021 season? Yeah, I, well, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. You trade your best offensive player, your, your, you know, guy that's been in your organization for 10-plus years, won a Super Bowl with you. Uh, it happens. You know, teams move on from guys like that. They get some draft collateral for next year to rebuild this team. I, they're a lot like the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they're, they're still big question marks at quarterback with them. Didn't draft one this year. I think they're loading up for a run at Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, you know, we all know what's going on with him. But, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of like the Eagles. You know, they're trying to transition that roster. We've seen the Eagles trade Zach Ertz, a veteran player, nine years in Philadelphia, Super Bowl winner. Uh, it happens. Teams move on. It, you know, I think, that obviously, they wanted that draft capital for next year. And God, the Rams are all in, man. They're like uh, – they have nobody uh, to draft next year. They may as well go play golf. I think they have one pick, and, and it's not till the fifth round. Maybe they have more. But, you know, they may as well just hit the, hit the golf course, uh, you know, whenever the, in the April when the draft is because they're not going to be busy at all. And they're all in. It, it's win now. That window is wide open for the Rams. Uh, building this dream team out there, and we'll see if it works. Um, you know, the Broncos play the Cowboys. I, you know, I think Cowboys will just chop them into pieces, and then the Eagles go there next week. I'll be in Denver next week, and I hope it's not snowing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I don't know if the, if the Broncos are mailed in. It's hard to tell players to just mail it in. These guys are playing for their, for their livelihoods. You know, the front office might think otherwise, but, you know, players are going to roll out there and play. You know, that's their job. That's they don't want to put bad tape out there. They'll, they'll be, they won't be in the league long at all. So, uh, you know, you, you hate to say mail it in. Maybe the front office is just kind of revamping what their thought process is for the future. But those players are still going to play hard. 
Let's talk about Mary. We're going to talk with Adam about this earlier, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, but Odell Beckman, I mean, he's technically still a member of the Browns, even though they've already made a statement saying that Beckman and the team have decided to part ways. The holdup there has, has been related to Beckman's contract. Uh, a lot of people think he's headed over to the Patriots. Uh, but what will we see Beckman? And, and, and will he be, I mean, another question here, are they going to be able to get this resolved in time for him to make a, an impact in this year's season with another team? One would think that it would be beneficial for both teams, whoever it might be. But a lot of people say his next stop is in New England. What are your thoughts? Odell Beckman Jr. parting ways with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you know, I'm glad Adam's okay with the tree falling on his shed, not his house there. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, you, you could say that, you know, a tree fell on this, or, this Browns organization. I mean, I, there were so many expectations. That's what happens Touché. when you get – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Not, it's not Colts to Bolts, man. I like that that show planning there, the Colts to Bolts. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, I – Listen, he could end up with the Raiders. There's, there are teams that need uh, wide receivers, and it's all a matter of where you are in this waiver process. My understanding is, yeah, he's he's available now, and teams he's on the waiver wire, and they have until I think Monday afternoon to claim him. And if he goes unclaimed, then he becomes technically he can pick his team if a team wants him, and he can go to whatever team he wants, provided that team wants him. But you know, there are some teams ahead of the Patriots in the in the waiver wire order. I think I've looked at this because there's this big clamor that maybe the Eagles should look into Odell Beckham. And, you know, the Lions have the first uh, claim on this waiver wire, and then it's the Dolphins, Texans, Jags, Jets, Giants, Washington, Eagles, Seattle, and Chicago. Those are the ten teams, that uh, the top ten in that order. The Patriots are 15th on this waiver wire list, so – I don't know. I, you know, is Beckham going to be happy with whoever claims him? Like he's not going to be happy to go to the lions. They haven't won a game. You know, they can use receivers, but he's not going to be happy. And we've seen Odell. We've, we've heard these reports come out of Cleveland that, you know, he keeps to himself. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't make any effort to do anything. And do you want that attitude on your team? If you're mm-hmm. one of these younger rosters that's trying to build like the Eagles, where you have three young wide receivers, Smith Watkins and, and Rager. Uh, no, I would say no. So, you know, maybe the Patriots, he needs to play for a coach like Bill Belichick in New England, or even Bruce Arians in Tampa, a real firm minded head coach. Who's not going to take any crap. Uh, that's the kind of coach he needs. Will he be able to get claimed by the Patriots? We'll see. There, there's 14 teams in front of them. Um, to me, it's almost like nobody should claim him and just let Odell pick whatever team he wants to play for and then see if he can recapture what he used to be. He's 29 years old. Um, it didn't work out with the Browns. It, it's hard to believe the Browns didn't trade him before the trade deadline. I don't know if they tried and nobody wanted him or to give up anything for him, but that's yeah, a big mistake by them, not getting rid of him. Now you're getting nothing for a guy that you paid a lot of money for. You came into Cleveland with a lot of fanfare uh, from the New York Giants, and it just didn't work out. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We are officially in overtime. We've dropped our live feed. Uh, so uh, and now you can let your hair down. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have any hair, Ed. Uh, but <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Well, no, I'm just kidding. 
and I'm still I'm still in my underwear too. So yeah, I got, you know, <laughs> See, I, there you go. I, I still won't put any pants things. on. You can yeah. say on a podcast. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and here's the thing: we're going to be wrapping up here soon. Here, just want to get through a few other things, and we'll go into our overtime here. Uh, this is the podcast, so if you're listening to us on the podcast, well, you didn't you didn't notice anything. And thank you. Make sure you hit subscribe so we know how awesome you are, because we already know how awesome we are. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, this is the balance overtime, and the, let's continue our conversation. We were picking back up with Odell Beckman uh, Jr. Parting ways. You know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, whoever picks him up, whether or not he picks it himself or whatever, how they rework that contract, whoever, I mean, if he's claimed off the waivers, I should say, uh, would be responsible for $7.25 million for the remainder of the 2021. Again, is that something well, that a team wants to do? Let, I don't know. That's, that's a number. Go ahead, Ed. Let, 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 let me just interject there. My understanding is the Browns reworked that contract uh, okay. and made it easier for teams to claim him. So now uh, gotcha. the contract's only going to be for a million dollars. They gave him some money to cut him. I mean, that was a huge mistake by the Browns to not trade him. Even if you're getting a bag of balls, you know, get rid of him. I mean, you, you know, you're, now you paid him all this money just to cut him. Uh, and now, but it makes it more enticing for teams to claim him because I think it's only a million dollars you're going to have to pay him for the remainder of the season, and then he becomes a free agent. So it's a contract that ends at the end of the year. So if, if you bring him in, that's why he makes sense as a rental player for a team that needs a wide receiver mm-hmm. to think they can get in the playoffs and make some noise because you're only going to pay him a million, and then you can say, see you later, OBJ, at the end of the season. Um, whereas if you're a young team that wants to try to make a go of it, you're going to have to renegotiate a deal with Beckham at the end of the year to keep him. So here, here, here's another, you know, we've been going on these, you know, uh, uh, Colts to Bolts and then your, your acronym or uh, <laughs> analogy with the tree and the tree falling <laughs> on the grounds. I've got, I've got another, yeah. one. I've got another one. Green Bay loves more than cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, obviously not playing this week because he is on the COVID list. Let me open up the can of worms for just a second. We spent so much time earlier on in the season talking about Carson Wentz not being vaccinated. And now it's come to light the way I understand it, and I could be completely wrong on this. So if I'm wrong, I, I will own it now. But to my understanding, Aaron Rodgers has not been vaccinated either. What do we know about that? Correct. Why was why was Carson Wentz the more the focus than than Aaron Rodgers? And Aaron Rodgers, well, if this is true, this could be be big across the NFL. Well, and you can throw Kirk Cousins in there. Kirk Cousins was vilified, as was Carson Wentz, and, and you know why? It's because they came out and admitted that they didn't want to get the vaccine. And you know, kudos to them for doing it. It opened them up to. Uh, you know, a lot of criticism, obviously, and, and they put their big boy pants on and were willing to take it. Aaron Rodgers was not. He tried to get away with this homeopathic doing my own research thing uh, and never really told anybody about it. And everybody assumed that he was vaccinated, except the Packers knew he wasn't and the NFL knew he wasn't. And they still let him get away without wearing a mask when you're supposed to have these rules in place because he's some superstar in the league. And listen, 
he'll probably get fined for all of this. But, you know, the NFL is very culpable on this. They wanted to uh, – knowing he wasn't vaccinated, not making him follow the rules for whatever reason, I guess because he's a star. And in my opinion, Rodgers should probably be fined for this. He pulled the wool over everybody's eyes. Uh, he's out there doing interviews with media in closed spaces with no mask. Everybody assumes he's vaccinated. That's what he wanted. That was the illusion he wanted to create. And now he's been busted because he tested positive. And, you know, he goes on the Pat McAfee show or whatever. And for 45 minutes, he rants about, you know, the woke mob, whatever the heck that is, and coming after him. And, uh, you know, ML, he quotes Martin Luther King. I mean, please spare me. You know, this guy uh, (laughs) deserves more than just fines, in my opinion. And it just kind of shows you you know, what kind of person he is. And I hate to say that. I mean, I love watching Rodgers play. Don't get me wrong. I, I have that line that I can draw between the Rodgers, the player and Rodgers, the person. And I love watching him play. And I picked the Packers to, to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, but, you know, the, on the other side of that line, is him as a person. And we kind of see now what sort of person he is. We've kind of known it. You know, he's been in the league a long time. We've seen other instances with him as a person. Um, but as a player, fantastic guy, but the league probably wanted to protect him uh, because he is a star player. And, you know, that's the standard that the NFL operates under. It's a shame, you know, I, and it's frustrating, you know, for, for yeah, people, absolutely. That, you know, yeah. So to connect my analogy at the beginning of the season yeah. in, in, in the postseason, everybody thought Jordan Love was the next guy to come in. Aaron Rodgers was not going to be a Packer. We had that whole conversation. Now yep. what happens? I think I'm getting it now. Jordan, I'm getting it. What what happens if Jordan Love comes in and leads the Packers to win over the Chiefs, which is very very possible, <laughs> might be a bold prediction. Will the love in Green Bay fall from Aaron Rodgers? See what I did? And the the love of cheese, right? The, the, the love, love of cheese. cheese. They love Green more Bay than and cheese. cheese. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> cheese heads. So. You could, I, I, hey, listen, I love that song. I love, love, love it. <laughs> My dad joke humor gets better and better, I promise you. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's funny how that works. The older we get, the old dad humor keeps creeping up and gets gets a little sharper. Uh, but, yeah, you know, <laughs> Aaron Love, it's a winnable game for Aaron Love, I think. I mean, the, the Chiefs defense Jordan is just not mean. real good. But you're you're, you're better than me now. Not Aaron Love. Jordan what did Love. I say? Aaron you Love. You said Aaron Love. <laughs> Wow. We get the best Where the heck is Aaron Love? I don't even think I know an Aaron Love. I can't even I blame like a high, old high school root. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's it. I combine hey, the okay, two. So we're we're, we're okay, one for yeah, one. So, Go ahead. <laughs> we know what you mean. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, so, yeah, I, like I was saying, the Chiefs are on a real good defense. Uh, you know, this sets up pretty nicely for Aaron. Oh, geez, I did it again. Jordan Love to have a uh, a, a, a good game. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win, but the Chiefs defense isn't that good. Uh, it's a good good uh, good test for Jordan Love. And, you know, I've seen people say, well, you can't judge him on just one game. But, listen, if he comes out and really plays well and throws for, you know, 280 and, you know, a touchdown or two and stays turnover free. I mean, people are going to be like, yeah, you know, we don't need Aaron Rodgers. You know, people are going to, it's the way it is in the NFL. People overreact to whatever happens, good or bad. So, uh, you know, I think Jordan Love can come out and play a good game. And if he does, you know, it's, it's going to get real interesting there in Cheese Town. 
So one final game, we'll let you go. Again, this is in uh, the balance overtime, and we're officially in our, our podcast format. This is when Ed gets to talk about being in his underwear. It's all good. Uh, but <laughs> well, we get to, we just get to make up quarterback time. names like Aaron Love, and you yeah. know, we're just, that's, that's what yeah, happens yeah, on the yeah. podcast. So thank you for listening to us on the podcast yeah. here. One more game I want to talk about: the Browns, the Bengals, inter, interstate rivalry with you. Well, they both coming off tough losses. And certainly the Browns, extremely tough loss against the Steelers at home. And, of course, the, the Bengals, a very disappointing loss on the road against the Jets. Both have very disappointing losses, and both have some stuff that they need to take care of uh, to stay in the hunt, if you will. We just talked about Odell Beckman. I can't see him even being on the field this weekend. But either which way, there's that with the Browns. Uh, so uh, we've got the Browns and the Bengals. This should match up to be a pretty good game. Yeah, I wish the super fan was on to kind of talk me off the limb with the Browns here because I, oh, I just do don't think. I, hate, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, the I, I know. I, yeah, he he could be very convincing. You know, I I'd come did off you, this golf thing. You the Browns realize are win you, Ed, do you even realize what you just did? You said I wish super no. fan was here to talk me off the limb. Tree, shed. <laughs> Man, you're on a wow, roll, brother. You are Man, on a roll. Completely. Uh, yeah, it's well. It's too early for me to be on a roll. I'm still on my first cup of coffee here. That usually doesn't happen until I at least have two cups in me. But uh, there you go. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, but that super fan Adam, he would talk me into the Browns winning the Super Bowl and Malik Willis being the number one draft pick this year. I'm sure of it because right. it's very convincing in his argument. You're right. But You're very to me, right. there's something rotten going on in Cleveland. I don't know what it is, but you know, this is a franchise that. I don't know if it was Odell Beckham that kind of was, was making it rot, but there's just something not right with this franchise right now. I mean, they're playing okay, but there's a lot of talent on that team. And Baker Mayfield suddenly looks like, you know, some sort of a backup quarterback. You know, he's not really playing that well. And, um, you know, they're a little banged up. I know injuries have played a big hand in this thing with Cleveland. But, uh, you know, I was on the Bengals. In fact, when I was in Vegas, I put a bet on the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl. Uh just kind of, you know, because I was getting good odds. And, you know, I just put 10 bucks down. It's not like I'm some big, you know, gambler type. But, you know, I thought, okay, the Bengals are playing well. And, you know, I yeah. like the way where they're headed. And, heck, maybe they get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to happen. But well, winning uh, Vegas. I think the Bengals will – yeah, you do stupid stuff. Um, <laughs> and, that, and that might prove to be stupid. Or, you know, Tom, I, you know, I could be sitting on an like, island, uh, you know, next, yeah, next you March somewhere. Yeah, pretty good paycheck, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have to pass but, uh, I like the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll cover it from the from Aruba or somewhere. There we go. Uh, yeah, I like the Browns. Or I'm sorry, I like the Bengals to win. Um, I, you know, I, I do love this Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase thing going on. And I know they had the bad loss to the Jets. Uh, you know, that's still kind of, to me, it just shows you they're a young team still growing. And like I said, there's just something off with this Browns team right now that I just I can't get behind right now. Um, maybe maybe it was just OBG or OBJ kind of you know tearing it apart internally, but the, I don't know what it is. And maybe Adam could have put a better finger on it for me, but I just it's hard for me to pick them right now. So I'm go, I'm going to go with the Bengals in this game, Battle of Ohio. 
It'd be good. It's going to be a, a good game. Ed Kratz, beat writer yeah. for Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Thank you, sir, for joining us and, and coming into uh, overtime with us. And now I've got this mental in- image of you doing the show in your underwear. Thank you for that. Uh, but <laughs> where, well, where if, it people... it, if it changes the image any anytime, it's long underwear. It's not just okay. the basic right. one of the middle briefs. Because it's cold here. <laughs> not in your tiny whitey. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's long. It was cold. Where can it's people find your work in masterpieces, sir? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or hit me at EagleMaven.com, and that's where all the stuff is. Ed, we appreciate you as always. We'll see what happens this week with, with the with the love of of uh, cheese and the bolts in Lincoln <laughs> Financial. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Yeah. Have a good weekend. All right, thanks, Tom. You too. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Boy, when you stick around for the podcast, see, this is this is the kind of things that you hear. This is the kind of things that you listen to. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at T-Balance and on Facebook, The, the Balance. Uh, you know, great conversations today. Thank you, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast, joining us talking about the, the NBA. We're going to be starting up an NBA segment. Not sure exactly how we're going to structure that. More to come on that, uh, but we're certainly going to be leaning a lot on Tony to help us out with that as our racing season uh, comes to a an end. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Steve Wilson, uh, Speedway Digest, uh, Editor-in-Chief, SpeedwayDigest.com. Make sure you make their, your, them your official uh, NASCAR and racing uh, spot to go to. And uh, also make sure you check out the Tony uh, D podcast with Tony Donahue. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, joined us to walk around the NFL and certainly have some conversations and fun in this balance overtime. My name's Tom Marquis. Remember, we talked about this on the show. Totally, totally avoidable. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Uh-huh.